the monster is trying to eat the Transformers. The monster went to kill the Transformers. This monster has sunglasses. <laughs> it's like all over the place, but it's fun. Written and illustrated by Barrett Kerber and Graham Kerber. Those are the, the other thing. Hello and welcome to the Super Byron Podcast. It has been a long week for Bayern Munich fans, one that began with anticipation for a potential Leroy Sané transfer and ultimately ended with disappointment when it was confirmed that he damaged his ACL playing against Liverpool last weekend. Should Bayern still sign the Manchester City winger? Who can they bring in to fill the gap he left behind? And how will the squad look for the first Bundesliga game of the season on Saturday? We're here to answer all those questions and more. I'm Benjamin Scott and I'm joined by my friends Garrett Kerber, Howdy, everybody. And of course, Sebastian Zimmerman. Hi. All right, so we have to start with the big news that came out earlier this week. Uh, Leroy Sané damaged his ACL last weekend, and he looks likely to be out for the rest of the year. Um, the biggest disappointment of that, of course, is that by all reports, he was on the verge of joining Bayern Munich. They had his medical in place, they were ready to announce him. Um, the deal was basically done. And now, Bayern are kind of in this state of limbo. We still don't really know what's going to happen. So, um, Sebastian, I'm going to come to you first. Still unsure what his future holds. Should Bayern Munich still buy Leroy Sané? Yeah, that's a bit of a complicated question for several reasons. Uh, I think, for one, uh, we should talk about the price. Uh, surely it can't be the same price. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's like buying him at least half a year later. So you should really, uh, yeah, detract something from from the from the overall uh, from the overall uh, sum at that point. And I also, yeah, I also think it very much depends on yeah what our alternatives are. And I guess we will talk about that a bit later. I mean, in in general terms, in more general terms, Lior Sene is very young still. So, and uh, he. From his from his history, it's not like uh, it fe- it feels like he might never come back from that or anything. So he's still going to be a very good player in the relatively near future. So there is nothing that, in principle, would say, okay, we cannot sign this player anymore. So yeah, I guess I will also have to add that, as you know, I have never been the biggest fan of this transfer. Uh, I always thought that there might be better alternatives, at least considering the price. So that's really what this should be about at the moment. I should probably add that it's not been confirmed yet uh, the extent of his injury. Um, the closest that we have is Pep Guardiola saying that it could be up to six or seven months, but you honestly never really know with Pep um, when it comes to his pet press conferences. And um, So you say it kind of depends on the price, Sebastian. Uh, around what figure do you think would be fair to buy? Let's let's say he can't play at least until January, um, but Bayern want to go ahead and secure the deal this summer. What would you consider a fair price? It should be uh, below below one hundred million, definitely. Like eighty, ninety, I think that might be fine. That might be fair for for all the parties involved. Okay, yeah, Garrett, what do you think? Do you agree there? Yeah, I'd agree with with Sebastian, um, at least on the price, and I and I think that with the the whole issue of him being injured and everything um Bayern are kind of I don't want to say fortunate because obviously 
they're not. I mean, if they they could have got him and um, used him in the first half of the season, that obviously would have been ideal. But at the same time, um, if we're talking a difference of you know eighty, for spending eighty or ninety million as opposed to you know where some people were saying one hundred fifty million, um, that could be kind of a blessing in disguise. Um, and I don't think that Byron have to be super super antsy to to spend the money and and secure that deal um, just quite yet because. I mean, is his price going to go up while he's um, rehabbing that that leg? I don't think so. So, um, yeah, I'd agree with Sebastian that it's unfortunate that it happened um, for a lot of reasons, and and there's a lot of still some still some weird things uh, behind that. I think, it, it, like especially just having to do with Pep um, and kind of some of the comments that he's made and some of the uh, things that have kind of come out through the media of, you know, well, they're, they, they were clearly talking, so it didn't really make sense that he put them out there and, and you can get into all those, uh, he said, he said things, but, um, but yeah, ultimately I think Byron should still, um, pursue buying him. Um, ACL injuries are obviously not great, but they're, they're not uncommon and, uh, and you can, you can kind of recover from those, uh, Maybe pretty close to a hundred percent. So I'd, I'd I'd like to see them still buy them, but I I agree that I don't want them to be spending what they were going to spend for him because like like you guys um, both agree that uh, they're not going to get him right away, and even when they get him, uh, they're going to have to deal with him coming back from injury and probably going to have to buy him before they see him play again to see how how well that knee has healed. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of tricky, but they, they should still buy them provided that the price is, uh, I, I want to say significantly lower, but we're still talking like 80 or 90 million. Yeah, I'd absolutely agree with, um, both of y'all. I could probably be convinced to go up to 100 million if I was Byron, but that could just be my, my personal bias. Uh, I think that they should go ahead and get him in, let him recover in Munich, let him go ahead and get used to. Um, his new teammates as much as he can, being in a new situation. I just, I, I would hate to run the risk of, okay, he's injured at City, and that's just more time for them to try and convince him to stay, um, and so on and so forth. But at the same time, spending over $100 million on a player who can't play for uh, at least six months is risky. Um, but on the flip side, Bayern were not only buying him for this season, they were buying him for, you know, the next six, seven, possibly even eight seasons. Um, so it's kind of, kind of, they're kind of in a tough situation right now. Um, but yeah, I would agree. Get them in, especially if you can get them for cheaper than, than it would have been before. Um, it's a no brainer. Now, one player who, again, has supposedly completed his move to Bayern Munich. That's not the first time we've heard that this summer. So I'm a little bit wary to go all in on that is Inter Milan's Ivan Perisic. Uh, he's 30 years old, kind of fallen out of favor with Antonio Conte. He doesn't really fit the Italian system, um, according to pretty much everyone, he's agreed a one-year loan deal with Bayern uh, with an option to buy for 20 million euros, um, and that should be announced in the coming days even. Sebastian, this really isn't anything, this isn't a move that anyone's seen coming, and it's kind of uh, 
not what we expected after Bayern talked so heavily about bringing in younger players and rebuilding for the future. Do you think this could be a good move um, despite all of that? Yeah, I guess the name uh, Perisic had come up earlier, but that was kind of months ago, I think, uh, when a couple of uh, players from Croatia and Serbia were uh, considered Kovac's favorites to to come to Bayern. Um, I was not a huge fan then. I, I'm just in general not a huge fan of the player. But I guess I can say from a, from a business perspective, there is really not much wrong with this deal. Uh, it sounds like really low risk uh, and I guess me- medium potential there. So... Uh, yeah, it's it's really not a bad move. I think uh, what I don't like is the potential that this yeah could be one of just very few moves we're going to be making uh, uh, before before the window closes, and that would really be a very bad thing, I, I think, because yeah, we, we wanted to get younger and we wanted to get faster. I don't think that Perisic is giving us any of that. If he's actually yeah, if it's actually Kovac's wish and he if he is 100% convi- convinced that this player can help us, I'm totally fine with that. I'm, I'm really not against that in that case. But I still think it's crucial that we get in some more younger, faster offensive players. I think that should be the bottom line there. And yeah, I, I think we, we should not waste too much time as, as, as a club uh, getting a deal like that done while yeah there are more important deals that we uh yeah should do first i think well i think the details behind the move kind of point to it not being the only one that byron make this offseason so you know it is just an initial one-year loan for i think five million euros with an option to buy i think if anything that points toward byron not being done in the market and probably even points to byron uh still being intent on signing leroy sané because Paris is just coming, kind of coming in as a stopgap, a depth player, kind of a just-in-case. Um, at least that's how I'm interpreting uh, this whole situation. Garrett, do you see it the same way? Yeah, I, I, I see it as being uh, the, the precursor to a few more moves. And, and the fact that it came together so quickly... I guess we haven't seen like a, an official announcement or anything, but the, the fact that it came so quickly after the news of uh, Sine's injury made it kind of seem like this had kind of been in the works for a while. It wasn't just like, oh, crap, we, we have to sign somebody. It was more of um, part of a plan. Um, and, and, if, and if you're looking at a player that's going to make your team stronger, I think that you definitely get that in Parisish. I don't know that you make your team better, per se, but it does make it stronger in terms of you have some depth you have some other options, um, and you can uh, move Perisic in and, and play a little bit differently if you want to. Um, and I think he can also play the way that uh, Bayern want to play. So, yeah, I, I think that it's a good it's a good move. And um, the more that I kind of talk myself into it, the more I like it because I there weren't going to be a whole lot of other moves that you could make that we're going to do what this Parasitch move is going to do. Now, that's all under the understanding that there's more coming, uh, kind of in line with what Sebastian was saying. If Parasitch is the only 
player that Bayern signed this summer, then I think that that's concerning. But like you said, I don't think that this is the end of it. I don't think that this was um, this was the guy that they wanted to be the new, you know, Robin or Ribery. This was a player that they they liked that they, you know, saw that his situation was was bad um, at Inter and and thought, hey, he can help us. Let's bring him on board. And he's got a little bit of experience working with Kovac, I believe, um, from uh, the Croatian national team. Um, so that's that's all good things. And and but the biggest thing is we need we need to sign some younger players. Um, in addition to Sane, like I said, if Sane is is still in the cards here, that's great but they also need to sign at least one other uh, wing-type player. And, you know, what we've been hammering on for, I guess, the whole time we've been on this podcast, uh, we also need some fullback depth. Well, that was going to be my next question, of course, that if Bayern do sign Sané and Perisic, uh, do we need another winger? And so you obviously say yes, uh, Sebastian. I assume you would say the same. So the next question has to be who? Um, who can come in that that can bring something that Perisic and even Sané don't? Uh, Sebastian, do you have anyone in mind? Well, uh, as a strictly as a winger, of course, I have always been uh, talking about uh, Steven Bergwijn. I think he would be great, and but I think if you really would want to buy him, you would have to act quickly now because there have been rumors that he might sign a new contract if nothing else happens. So I would like to see that. Um, and beyond that, uh, two names that have been talked about are obviously Timo Werner. I know you, many guys don't really consider him much of a winger. He's, he, strictly speaking, he's, he's not exactly your typical kind of winger, but he can play that position depending uh, on the scheme you're you're trying to do. And yeah, there has also been uh, recently been talk of Danny Olmo. That's also interesting, but I think he's also... I would also not quite describe him as a winger as I, as I would uh, with Steven Bergwijn. So, yeah. Uh, if, if we're looking for an actual winger, and I think we should at least get one, uh, I think Bergwijn is uh, the best option on the table right now that we could do quickly, we could do for a reasonable price, and that, that would have a huge upside. Yeah, we've talked about Verna a whole lot on here, um, so any long-time listeners will kind of know how we all stand on that, but I think right now, um, I would almost put him as a number one target, especially with Perisic coming in and Niko Kovac wanting to go to a 4-3-3. Um, I think Verna would be a lot better suited in that system as a left winger or even a right winger than in a 4-2-3-1, but I think he'd be the perfect player to bring in right now with RB Leipzig really wanting to sell and him not wanting to sign a new contract, I'd say he should be the number one target. Um, one person who Spain, Spanish journalists are, are bringing up again as a potential candidate for Bayern is Gareth Bale on a one-year loan, very similar to uh, the Ivan Perisic deal. Um, Gareth Bale is an exceptional player, but he's rather old and rather injury-prone. Um, would you like to see him at Bayern as a short-term solution until Sané is fit, maybe? Yeah, I've, I've always kind of liked Bale. I don't, um, 
even as uh, someone who just can't stand Real Madrid, I still kind of enjoyed watching Gareth Bale. I, it, he seems strikes me as the kind of player though that needs to like like there's times where he wants to play and times where he doesn't want to play. I guess I, I assume that maybe he would be kind of analogous to uh, Robert Lewandowski, which maybe is the death knell for Sebastian's opinion of him. But but that still, um, I mean, he's a useful player. He wouldn't be at the top of my list by any means. I mean, like you said, I, I think Werner would be the top guy for me. Um, and then uh, Bergvine, I don't know much about other than what, um, you guys have told about uh, told me about him and and what I've you know heard from uh, various various media types uh, not not me not to me personally through Twitter and stuff I, I I'm not connected but um, the other the only other name that I kind of thought of that I would still like to see happen that it seems less and less likely is is I I still would like to see Paulo Dybala be kind of an option um, I think in a four three three he might he might um, be able to be still successful on the wing. Um, but again, those are Werner and Dybala um, are both better suited as a center forward or a second striker rather than a wing. Um, so, so maybe, maybe it's not the best option, but I, but I still think regardless, if you're planning on getting Sine in the second half of next year or beyond, those are two players that can can fill a a need for you in the short term and also in the long term uh, in terms of giving Lewandowski some cover um, to, to being a, a, a wing option um, and and their younger players that that can um, that can really contribute to this team. So those would be kind of my guys. But but yeah, on Bale, I I think it's just going to have to be that. Real Madrid eats a lot of that contract, um, that wage that he's bringing in. That would be the, my main concern with him, I guess. I guess uh, it's not so very unrealistic with Dybala. I guess if Bayern would really want to buy him, there really might be a chance right now. I only now just uh, read the interview with uh, with their new coach Sari, uh, that uh, which we all uh, who we also uh, uh, know from Chelsea uh, last year. Uh, from the whole from the whole CHO uh, uh, saga, um, yeah, I think uh, he 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 has said something along the lines that it's an embarrassing situation right now uh, that there are still so many players in the squad and not everyone can be part of the Champions League team. It sounded all a bit a bit strange, I guess, <laughs> but but that's not unexpected from the guy. Uh, yeah, and uh, and I think he he really wants wants to sell some more players b- before uh, before the window closes. So I guess there might be a chance there. Uh, and uh, concerning Bale, I just want to add real real quick that yeah, I, I guess before the Perisic deal, uh, I w- I would have been quite open to that idea as a stopgap. But yeah, now I, I don't know if it would be ideal to have another. Uh, expensive loan uh, on offensive just another player uh, with which you don't know if he is staying for more than than a year so yeah i guess that would just not be ideal i would i would like uh yeah at least one younger guy for for the offense preferably two so yeah not not the greatest idea i think and i guess the other thing with bale is that 
even though, and I guess you're you're talking the same the same issue whether you bring in a younger guy or not or bail or or whatever. But if you have bail, you have Perisic, and then you have Coman and, and Nabry. Um, I'm guessing that you're you're playing bail more often than you're going to play Coman and Nabry. And is that really is that really better long term? Um, that would be kind of the other thing is is it, it's a little bit different if it's like do we play bail more often than we play Coman or do we play Werner more often than we play Coman that's a little bit different dynamic um i guess in my mind uh so that would be another kind of concern yeah i think um i think there's a lot of truth in what both of you said uh, garrett i think part of the reason byron haven't been more interested in bail is because of that very thing they'd rather develop younger players than bring in somebody who's going to I mean, because if Bale comes, he pretty much has to start. Uh, he's not going to come to Bayern just to sit on the bench like he does at Madrid. Um, and then also, Sebastian, I would agree that if we hadn't already agreed on the Perisic deal, I'd be much more interested in Bale. Um, now, Dybala is a very interesting case because, uh, like Sebastian said, it's almost it, it's pretty um, pretty much assumed by everyone that Juventus are going to sell him this summer, that there's not really much room for him in there. I kind of feel that if Bayern go for Dybala, that means they can't go for Sané this summer, uh, simply because of the price tag. I mean, that's true. They're two very, very expensive players, and so I can just, I guess, point you back to an episode that we did uh, several months ago where we talked about both of these players as potential moves for Bayern, and um, I said Leroy Sané back then. I guess I'd still be on the side of uh, wait for Sané to be fit and have him than by Dybala and try and not necessarily shoehorn him into a system that doesn't work, but play him in a position that isn't necessarily completely ideal. Um, whereas Sané would, would probably take to playing on the wing at Bayern like a fish to water. I guess there's uh, another dimension to this. Uh, I mean, you, we don't know if a City is really going to give us any discount because of Sané's injury, but it's very likely that Juventus would give us a discount because they really, really, really want to lose that player. So it, it might be the not the question who's the better player, but more like uh, would we rather have an injured Lira Sané for like 140 million or a perfectly fine Dybala for, I don't know, 90 million with a bit of luck? Oh, I feel I feel ninety million would be more than enough for Dybala. I think Juventus would probably go as low as seventy. Because isn't wow. isn't that what the um isn't that what they were rumored to have agreed with Tottenham? I think it was Tottenham. They they agreed to deal with one of them that eventually fell through. Yeah, that that whole situation was weird too because it sounded like that was almost a done deal with him going to Tottenham, and then he decided he'd rather stay at Juventus. And it's kind of the same thing with with Man United. There was a talk. There was talk that Dybala would be going to Man United, and and uh, Romelu Lukaku would be going back to Inter or to uh, Juventus. Sorry, um, and but again, like it sounded like I thought I remember reading something about Dybala um, having a conversation with uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and and coming to the conclusion that oh no, Juventus is the better place for me now. That being said, Juventus is definitely a better place to have success than Man United. There's no question about that. But um, and so you know the Man United aspect of it maybe is less um, holds a lot less weight. 
than refusing to go to Tottenham um, because Juventus was a better option. Um, but I thought I remembered it kind of being the same story for both places. Um, and the other thing with the, the Dybala thing, though, too, is that I, it sounds like because I, I, I don't know the whole story about uh, with what's going on with Juventus, but I know that um, Mario Mandzukic has been uh, brought up as another guy that they're going to be selling and and even a guy that might they might be selling to Bayern. So um, how that plays into the whole situation, I don't know either. But there's a lot going on over uh, at Juve. And if uh, Bayern could take advantage and, and get a player like Dybala um, for reasonably cheap um, in terms of what he would have cost at the beginning of the summer, then I think that'd be, that'd be great business for them. Um, and then if you could get him at a price that would still allow you, or at least you'd still feel comfortable um, going and getting uh, Leroy Sané, uh, um, that'd be be just a dream. I know this is thinking really long-term, but another um, potential issue with signing Dybala is what happens with Kai Havertz when Bayern go for him next season, potentially, or you know, the season after, because they do play very similar positions and actually have very similar styles of play. Um, so it's almost even a question of, do we want to wait and get Kai Havertz or do we want to go for Dybala right now? Um, but then also the que- there's a question of, well, will Bayer Leverkusen even sell us Kai Havertz or should we go ahead and get Dybala while he's apparently available from Juventus? So there's just a lot nothing, of layers to consider here. Nothing makes sense anymore after this summer to me. So um I'm going to take all your logic and I'm just going to throw it out the window for right now. And I'm just going to say, let's focus on the here and now. Um, I'm going to worry about making uh, or pleading with Byron to buy Kai Havertz when, when uh, that comes to it. Given the way that this summer has gone so far, I almost expect to wake up tomorrow and figure out that Ivan Perisic isn't even coming to Byron, that he's decided to go elsewhere or, you know, something crazy like that. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I just feel like it's like some, it's like a weird, like Twilight Zone sort of thing where it's like, what player wants to go to Bayern or what player is rumored to Bayern? And let's find a new way for them to not end up at Bayern because it just, I mean, we've, we were talking about it the other day. What are, what are the odds that in two cases in the same year from the same position, you have a player that Bayern are rumored to be pretty much done deal. They're they're getting this player, and then the player just ruins their leg um, in 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 a game. Uh, you know, with uh, Hudson Odoi, I think his was an Achilles injury. But um, and then and now with Sané, it's just it's bizarre. And so I'm ready to get the season started so we can start talking about the the product on the pitch and not what's going on in getting new players and selling old players and all that. Well, it's a good thing you're ready to get the season started because it does start this week. Uh, The first Bundesliga game of the season is on Friday when Bayern Munich play Hertha Berlin. But before that, they take on Energy Cottbus tomorrow in the DFB Pokal first round. So, um, Sebastian, two questions. Number one, how badly did I butcher that team's name? And number two, uh, do you know anything about them um, what division they may be in, and um, any threats that they might could pose for Bayern. 
Yeah, uh, it should be uh, Energie Cottbus. So it's it's not energy, but Energie. I guess the rest was quite all right. Um, they are in the Regionalliga. And I guess most people should know them as the club we bought uh, Nils Pedersen from. Uh, they they played in the in the Bundesliga. Uh, I don't know, like 10, 15 years ago, and yeah, it was basically uh, straight downward from there. Um, some people might remember one of the maybe the most beautiful and most well known own goal in Bundesliga history uh, by Tomislav Piplica. At least that's how I pronounce his name and how people used to pronounce his name. Probably it's wrong, like with most uh, names from that region. Anyway, uh, any uh, any recollection of that? Uh, it's uh, where where the, he's the goalkeeper. We used to be their goalkeeper, and he's uh, kind of waiting on the goal line, looking up, his arms uh, towards the ground, and he's looking up, he's looking up, and the ball is coming, the ball is coming. It's very high up. He's looking, he's looking, he's looking. And then it hits his he- hits his head and goes uh, right into the goal. Great, great one, great one. Maybe you have seen that. I should don't be, think be I don't in... think I have. <laughs> then, then you should right now. Yeah, yeah, you should really look that up. It, it 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 used to be in all the highlight reels because it looks so funny. Might be that uh, there will be uh, a bad quality video of that oh, uh, because no. it's it's so old. But I it's just, it's a great one. I just saw it. That's pretty bad. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's really bad, isn't it? Yeah, I guess that's uh, uh, what we should remember those guys for. Yeah, and I guess we we should use that game, uh, yeah, to build up some momentum to, yeah, uh, do something for, yeah, for for our morale. Uh, yeah, but uh, as we all know, the Pokal has seine eigenen Gesetze, so you never really know. Uh, especially Bayern has stumbled often enough in the Pokal, so yeah, you never know. Yeah, I mean, that's the only thing that I really had to add is that it got so frustrating last season watch Bayern, or watching Bayern struggle in every single Pokal game that they played, whether it be against some fourth division side, second division side, um, no matter who it was. It d- didn't seem like we had any strong wins in the Pokal, and it was really just kind of baffling, so... Yeah, I, I would agree completely. Hopefully tomorrow they go out and they dominate, you know, get maybe another 23-0 win like they had <laughs> earlier this week, or 23-1, I guess the other team might have scored. I'm not sure. I can't remember. Uh, either way, build some momentum, kind of recuperate from the Dortmund loss, from I don't know how it affects the team, but, you know, the fans' morale is kind of low after this whole Sané situation. Um, it'd be nice to have some some positives before we start the Bundesliga season on Friday. Speaking of which, Bayern do take on Hertha Berlin. It's the first game of the Bundesliga season on Friday. First question, Garrett. Um, we've seen a lot of good things, a few bad things in preseason. Um, we saw some things we didn't like in the Super Cup. What is your expected lineup, or maybe which lineup would you field if you were Niko Kovac uh, going into Friday's game? Well, um, I think Neuer in goal. I think that would be a good idea. Um, I think he's pretty decent. Um, and then I, I think, I think that probably the the lineup that they went into uh, the Dortmund match with is not the the worst option 
to be completely honest. Bayern, for from from what I could tell, I I wasn't able to watch the the match because of um, connectivity issues. But um, it it seems like the, the sorry, I'm trying to pull up what that actual lineup was. But um, but I would go with Neuer in goal, and then um, I, I honestly feel like if if Lucas Hernandez is is fully healthy, then and 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 they feel comfortable starting him. I would like to see him start. However, I I am confident going forward with uh, Sula and Boateng or um, Pavard, one of those, you know, one of two of those three um, at center back. Um, I'm I'm okay going into the match with uh, with Hertha uh, with a, any of those three, um, and then obviously Kimmich and Alaba on the uh, the left back and right back positions. Um, Lewandowski up top, uh, Coman, and I'm assuming Nabri uh, is healthy enough to to start. Uh, so I'd like to see both of them. I think um, if you, I think you have to play Thiago, but I but again I think that the reason the what you have to do and and, and you guys touched on it um, last week, you you can't really you can't play him as a lone six he it in a different scenario maybe it'll work and maybe there's certain things you can do to kind of help him but it i don't i just don't think that you you risk that um you risk that right now you know you know it hasn't worked so why keep going back to that well and and trying to you know force it to work just so i i would i would play him um in midfield, but I wouldn't play him at the six. I would, I would play him and, um, Taliso both back. So, um, I'm kind of hopping all over the place on the pitch here, but, um, I, I guess I'm thinking more of a four, three, two, one, which is still a four, three, three, if you really think about it, um, in a lot of ways. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Neuer and goal then across the back. Uh, I got to make a decision on center back, but Kimmich, Sula, uh, Hernandez, and then I'd go Alaba, and then uh, Tiago and Taliso in midfield, and then the three in the four-two-three-one would be uh, Nabri um, and Coman on the wings, and I'm gonna stick Goretzka in the middle um, because I just I think that that's gonna be something that just starts working soon. Um, I think he's just starting to feel his way into that role and then Lewandowski up top. So that was a long rambling disjointed way of giving you my lineup, but that's, that's what I would do to start uh, the season with hopefully with a win it's at home. So um, not as much worry about um, Herta because it seems like Bayern struggle with them on the road more than they do at home. Yeah. I, I guess the, um, the only real questions regard in regards to starting lineup is is who goes right in the middle because left back and right back you pretty much know it's going to be Oliver Kimmich left wing right wing if they're fit come on Nabry kind of obvious and then um striker Lewandowski goalie Memo Neuer so Sebastian two center backs and three midfielders um how are you lining up 
Uh, I guess uh, just to get that out out of the way real quick, I would not hate giving uh, Alfonso Davies a shot at uh, the left side uh, for Kingsley Coman. Uh, not necessarily something we need to do, but I uh, feel like he might have earned that spot, and he's good for more of a surprise than Kingsley Coman is, which has been uh, one of my biggest issues with him over the years, that he's not r- really good for a surprise all of the time. He is our winger uh, who tends most to yeah just to his standard kind of stuff and not be creative at all so yeah anyway uh to answer your your question uh, i don't really care about what center back we play not even if it's boateng but i guess it would be great if uh, lucas hernandez would be ready to play if he is i would definitely give him give him uh that shot yeah Uh, the bigger problem really is the central midfield because I really don't know what to do there. Uh, in an ideal world, I would love to see Quentin Tolisso in the middle, but in an ideal world, he would have played that position in a lot of games before, and we would know how well he can play that and how we can get the best out of him in that position. But yeah, that's just not what it is. So <sighs> I think, I think, uh, yeah, I would actually prefer to see Javi Martinez in the middle but that's going to come with its own problems. And the next problem is, of course, technically, I would want a spot for Thomas Müller. But I don't think I can make any of that actually work. And I would also like to see Renato Sanchez. So (laughs) you just see, you you can see that it really just doesn't work out with the 4-3-3. But I guess that's what we're dealing with at the moment. Yeah, yeah. At least for now, it's not quite working out. So I'm going to go with Javi Martinez, Conjunt Tolisso, and Renato Sanchez. And I would like to see Javi Martinez in the middle and maybe see in the second half if we can put Tolisso there and maybe bring someone else on. Maybe even Thomas Müller or I don't know who. I think that, yeah, you bring up a lot of important questions, a lot of important issues that are all difficult to solve. But for me... I think Thomas Muller's got to be the first name on the team sheet for me in terms of picking a midfield. Um, and I think, I know that, yeah, Pinkis, Pep Guardiola, they both got him to work in a 4-3-3, 4-1-4-1, whatever you want to call it, in that type of formation as a central player. So I know it, it is possible. Um, we're missing out on Arturo Vidal, who really helped with that at some times, and uh, maybe even Xabi Alonso sometimes. But I think... Playing him and Tiago as eights, and maybe Tolisso as a six, because I don't think Javi Martinez is fit. Um, I think that could work, but it would also take some practice, and we don't know what they've been, um, what they've been doing in training. Uh, but that's what I would try to go with. Uh, as far as center backs, I agree. Get Lucas Hernandez in, in on the pitch as soon as possible. Um, and if it's between Jerome Boateng and Nicolas Sula, uh, put Boateng in. Sula's been a bit disappointing recently and sometimes it, it takes a player having to be benched to realize or to get his act together uh, and so plus I liked Boateng's comments earlier either earlier today or yesterday where he yeah. kind of apologized for his attitude over the past year or two 
um, and said that he wasn't right with for a lot of things that he's done, and he seems to really want to um, be successful at Bayern Munich again. So I think he does deserve a chance for sticking it out um, and for being so forthright with, with the media and um, owning up to anything that he might have done. So I'd like to see him play. I think the thing that strikes me about this all the lineup talk is just how unsettled it is um i mean like you mentioned ben that you know uh, the the uh, fullback positions the wing positions the striker and the goalkeeper we're all we 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 pretty much have that locked down as it stands i mean as the roster currently stands but but everything going on in the middle where it's kind of you know where games are won and lost is kind of kind of piecemeal i mean we have a lot of good players there's a lot of players that uh we like for a lot of different reasons but it's just there's no real identity of what's trying to be done there um i know that we you know kovac has said he wants to do a 4-3-3 and they've tried tiago at the at the lone six and they've done some different things but just the fact that we're we're at the first game of the the new Bundesliga season after everything we went through in the previous season and to not be more sure about you know nine or ten of the 11 spots I mean we're we're talking about maybe what one two three four five six six of the spots we were sure of and then the the other five were kind of like "Hmm, this guy maybe this guy this guy maybe this guy and I feel like for a team like Bayern, that should not be the case. Um, but that being said, that is the case, and that's what we got to deal with. So you know, so be it. But it, it's just concerning to me headed into this season, especially after what happened all through last year. Um, I'm a little get concerned for for what Kovac is going to have to deal with um, this upcoming year. Yeah, a lot of concerns. Concerns about how this transfer season is going to end. Uh, concerns about how Bayern are going to start the actual season. Um, I guess we'll get at least some of our answers by the end of this week. Uh, but that's all the time that we have for today, and that'll wrap up this episode. Um, if you're a fan of the pod or if you've enjoyed listening, do us a big favor and leave a five-star review. We'd greatly appreciate it, and it helps us grow and get better and better week after week. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at SuperBayernPod to keep up to date with us. Um, you can get in touch with us there. You can also email us at superbyronpod at gmail.com. All of our episodes can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, uh, all the major podcast catchers. Thank you for listening. Go out and tell all your friends, and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>